Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Adam Long, Adam from FocusNewspaper.com. Uh, Adam and I have been talking about movies together for uh, for a few years now, and uh, been almost five. Yeah, my man. <laughs> yeah, man, and and we've been fans of movies for much, much longer. So it's always good when we get a chance yeah. to hang out and uh, and talk together and talk about uh, talk about movies and share that with our. With our listening audience, and we do appreciate our listeners as well who take the time to listen to us either live uh, or on demand for uh, on-demand programming, which you can find on WGWG.org. And uh, so you can listen to us anytime. You can download it. Uh, if you're out, if you're a runner, if you're a hiker, if you just want to listen to it in the car, it's there, and you don't have to listen to it live. Uh, but, hey, you can listen to it anytime, any way that you want to. So that's the great thing about what we offer. How are you this week, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. Uh, you know, staying busy as always, trying to uh, catch up with all the um, the, the Blu-rays that uh, some of the studios have been gracious enough to, to send me uh, to uh, look at as review copies, and I'm so thankful for that. So, uh, But it's uh, thankful as I am, it's hard to keep keep up with them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, there's some good stuff out there. I'll I'll briefly mention the uh, the Twilight Time releases in case anybody's interested. They just just got my they just came out Tuesday, and uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how many of these you remember too. I'm always curious about that. So, uh, how about support your local sheriff and support your local gunfighter with uh, <laughs> yeah. James Garner, yeah, and man. Walter Brennan, uh, yes, and a Jack Elam, Harry Morgan. Yeah. How about that cast? There you <laughs> go. I remember that well. Remember it very well. Yeah, uh, Twilight Time has actually put both of those on the same disc. So you get a little bang for your buck on that, I think. Awesome. Uh, you get those both of those, and they're pretty funny, uh, from what I remember. I can't wait to revisit them, but I remember them being pretty, pretty uh, entertaining. Yeah. Well, very uh, cool. So, uh, so anyway, that's one release, and another one that they've done this month is uh, the Big Heat. With uh, it's a Fritz Lang film, and uh, you have. Um, um, all, uh, it's uh, has uh, Glenn Ford, Gloria Graham is in that, and they have actually previously put this one out before. And uh, you know they only do three thousand copies of each title, and then they're, when they're gone, they're gone. Well, this one was uh, was such an in-demand title that it sold out within several months of its original pressing. So they have repressed this one for another three thousand, and and that's it. It's done, and they're not doing any more. They've said this is the last time. <laughs> so uh, the big heat. And another one is Where the Sidewalk Ends. Uh, that's another uh, film noir with uh, Dana Andrews, Gene Tierney, um, and uh, you have Carl Malden in that one as right. well. So uh, there's, and then they, um, they they've issued the sequel to Hawaii. They put out Hawaii last month with Julie Andrews and Max von Sydow, and they are uh, you know missionaries going to Hawaii to uh, introduce Christianity to the islanders and. Uh, and it was written by Dalton Trumbo, who they just did a film about Dalton Trumbo. Yeah, well, absolutely. the sequel has been issued this month with uh, Charlton Heston, the Hawaiians. And uh, so there you go. And then you have Cowboy with Glenn Ford, Jack Lemmon, and uh, Dick York turns up in that one, uh, directed by Delmer Davies, and that's from 1958. And then, um, and then we have... Um, one of those gothic horror films from uh, it's it, this is actually one I'm not familiar with an Italian film um La Bambola di Satana okay so, uh, that's, that, that, I'm that's... not familiar with it but I I hear good things about it so so anyway nice uh, nice batch of discs from Twilight Time and uh 
SpotlightTimeMovies.com if anybody's interested in uh, ordering those or, or whatever. So uh just wanted to mention those, and that's in addition to, uh, you know, the other stuff that's out there, uh, too. There's some other titles. And next week, uh, Criterion is issuing The Graduate on uh, on, their, on their label, which is, uh, you know, uh, that's the first Mike Nichols that they've ever done on Blu-ray. So that's oh, wow. worth mentioning, okay. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, also, there is a... Um, uh, Mike Nichols documentary that's going to turn up uh, on HBO next month. I want to mention that too. Uh, if anybody's out there uh, that's interested in uh, the career of, and life of Mike Nichols, uh, that's that's coming up. But um, but uh, just a quick rundown of a few titles here, and then we'll move on to something else. Uh, My Science Project. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I sure do, man. I sure do. It's been a while. Yeah, well, Mill Creek put that one out, that, and you can get that one for only six ninety nine. Okay. A retail price on that one on Blu-ray. So you. I don't think you can hardly beat the price on that one if no. you're interested. Um, got uh, Beat Street. How about that one for a, <laughs> a trip back into 80s nostalgia? That yeah, was the, uh, I, I was one of the uh, stunt dancers in that film. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you want to see Noel Manning stunt dancing in Beat Street. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's great. Well, uh, you didn't get any parts in Electric Boogaloo or uh, Breaking, did you? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I will have to say after my performance in Beat Street, they decided uh, that that was enough. So <laughs> I retired good. my dancing shoes. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, you have Class with Rob Lowe and Jacqueline Bissett. Yeah. Uh, Amos and Andrew with uh, Nicholas Cage and um, Samuel Jackson. How yeah. about that? Yeah, I remember that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you have a few other things here. Uh, I Confess, the old uh, Hitchcock film that he did with Warner Brothers. Uh, Labyrinth of Lies, that's a uh, Sony uh, Pictures, uh, one of their indie films from last fall. Um, and you have No Way Out, which I think is a great film. Oh, yeah. Costner and uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, great film. And, great, and, great uh, film. Secret Admirer. Do you remember that one with yeah. Kelly Preston? And, uh, um, and um, I can't remember who the male actor is in that film, but uh, I think it's uh, Tommy Howell. That's who it is. C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, yeah. C. Thomas Howell. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I always thought that was a very funny, very yeah. funny movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, about a, 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 a secret admirer letter that gets into the wrong hands and. Yeah, it wreaks havoc Absolutely. <laughs> for everybody involved. Yes. Um, the uh, Charlie Chaplin film, The Kid, is Criterion has issued that, and Steve Jobs, uh, Universal, put that one out, and um, Trumbo, uh, speaking of Trumbo, Universal put that one out too, so that's out there. So a couple of things there uh, that I thought I would mention for our listeners who might be interested in uh New releases on Blu-ray, so there Sound, you go. Sounds great. Also, uh, Spectre uh, is out on, that is true, uh, yes. on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, Love the Coopers and Grandma um, also out. And uh, let's see what else. There's some other. Um, oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, The 33 is also out on yep, Blu-ray. Yep, that is um, one I failed to mention. Yeah. I missed that one. Yep, you're one, right. One more, one more worthy of, uh, of mentioning. Uh, man, yes, you know, yes. uh, you and I have talked. About, I appreciate you sharing those, Adam. That was great, man. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about uh, January and February sometimes being kind of the dead zone time period, but in the past few weeks, you and I've talked about how that's not necessarily the case anymore. We're, we're seeing more and more studios starting to look at the the calendars and saying, "Hey, let's let's you know let's see if we can own weekends throughout the year and not just uh, around Christmas or the the summer or that pre summer." Uh, preseason and uh, you know the, the preseason of summer is backing up almost to February now. I mean, we look at what happened last weekend as a prime example. 
um, you know, Deadpool opened at number one, and everybody expected it to do well. I mean, all the predictions were this was this was going to do well. Uh, most predictions were, you know, maybe a, you know, 130 million probably on the max end, and that was what I was seeing. But uh, it did did far better than that. Um, you know, a, a limited low budget for films like this. I mean, superhero film only a 60 million dollar budget, and uh, and so far worldwide. Worldwide, this movie's already made $325 million in just its opening weekend, and that's really, that's really astounding um, for a film uh, in February, uh, but also a film that only cost you, you know, $60 million. bucks. Uh, film itself is less than two hours, um, and uh, it's a different kind of superhero film. This is not one, we'll say this up front, it's not one for the kids. Uh, don't take your young kids to see this. It is, uh, it is definitely an adult film um, on every different level, um, but it is a movie that is very funny, um, well-written, well-executed. Uh, I truly enjoyed, uh, enjoyed watching this, and it was a different kind of superhero, supervillain film. It was, uh, it was worth checking out, and, uh, and, and, and you know everybody... Uh, that I saw this with, you could just hear them laughing, talking about it, going, oh, I'm going to go see that again. And it's kind of wild that they're talking about that kind of thing for a movie that's being released, uh, you know, Valentine's weekend. Yeah. And last week, uh, last year, I mean, we uh, the box office was ruled by uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, so yes. we've come a long way, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, uh, now, what were your thoughts on, on Deadpool? I thought it was very good. It was very entertaining. Uh, I, I think any time that um, a film opens with uh, Juice Newton's Angel of the Morning uh, over the opening credits, I think you're going in, into an interesting place. Uh, and any film that uh, name-checks Ronnie Millsap uh, also <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, has to be given some credit. Uh, <laughs> there are, obviously, uh, the the the, um, the filmmakers behind, this, uh, behind Deadpool... Uh, they know a lot about their 80s pop culture yes. uh, if they're going to reference those kind of things. And, of course, you know, it's it's the stuff that you and I grew up with, the, the, the kind of things that uh, that we are familiar with. But I uh, took one of my coworkers uh, from uh, the, my, the television station where I work at. Uh, she's 24. I took her as my guest for the screening, and uh, you could tell that a lot of these jokes just went right over her head. So people of her generation, they're going to be going to be kind of alienated with some of this stuff, I think. But uh, for people of our age group, uh, you couldn't help but laugh and, and just really have a good time and enjoy it. Um, it doesn't take itself seriously. It yep. earns its R rating in, in, uh, in spades. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, a lot, lot of sex, a lot of violence, but, uh, but done in a, in a funny way. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with this and uh, a lot more, probably more fun for me than Guardians of the Galaxy even. And I know I did like Guardians of the Galaxy, but I seem to enjoy this one more. Uh, I enjoyed their choices of pop music on the soundtrack. They seemed a little bit less, um, less familiar and uh, more... Um, Obscure than what they chose in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like some of those those uh, those choices were nice. So, um, what what rating would you give uh, Deadpool? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a B plus for okay. sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, right yeah, there with you. Yeah, B B plus yeah. for me. Um, I I enjoyed it um, not quite as much as Guardians, but uh, but close. I'm a very close second. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it has to, has to also do with. Uh, you know who you attend films with sometimes, and the atmosphere. And so, with Guardians, 
you know, my son and I went to see it together. So it, uh, you know, we both kind of clicked and bonded over that. And I think that's a, that's a thing um, for for that one that maybe gives it the slight edge uh, for me. But uh, but Deadpool seeing uh, Ryan Reynolds star as Deadpool a second time in a completely different way was uh, was well worth it. Uh, and a little bit of trivia here. You know, who would have guessed that the writers for Deadpool, uh, you know, a very strong R-rated film, uh, uh, the same writers who put together Clifford's really big movie back in uh, 2004. So a little bit of interesting trivia there. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, they've come a long way there. <laughs> yeah, they have. Uh, they, they also uh, were involved in writing Zombieland, and this one's definitely much more in the uh, Zombieland vein uh, as the uh, it doesn't quite uh, compare to the Clifford uh, Clifford's really big movie. But Deadpool, uh, I, I think, continue to expect this to do uh, well at the box office for the next uh, next few weeks. It's got um, it's got it's got a good rewatchable uh, rating. I mean, you can watch this one again and uh, and catch some things uh, and enjoy it a second time as well. So I'd recommend that with uh, with Deadpool. Uh, last weekend, also opening up in theaters uh, was at number three last weekend. How to Be Single, uh, over three thousand theaters. Uh, you know, another uh, romantic comedy that was uh, really took a page out of the uh, the Sex and City uh, handbook with uh, with single women in New York and kind of what happens with them. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Rebel Wilson um, has found a way in the past few years to really have a lot of fun on screen. And, uh, you know, she continues to be kind of the driving force in many ways as a, as a supporting character. But as that supporting character, she really takes the lead. Uh, many times, and I think uh, you know she's the one that kind of did that in this movie too. Although the movie wasn't specifically about about her, um, but now once again, another R-rated film, uh, low production budget on this, thirty-eight million. So the same production budget on this as you had with uh, with Deadpool, but uh, How to Be Single is just about that: How to Be Single in New York. Um, yeah, I, you know, I could I could go into the plot, but um, you know. Females in New York looking for uh, for how to survive in singlehood and, and all that goes along with that, drinking, sex, jobs, and, and the mayhem that follows. Uh, that's uh, Is that, in, in, a, in a nutshell, the plot line? <laughs> yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I thought the film was, quite frankly, insulting. Uh, I, and I didn't laugh once. I didn't, I didn't even crack a smile, not one time. Uh, all of the jokes in the film were of the sitcom variety. I yep. mean, you could almost. Right yeah, you. I mean, I, I, I kept expecting that uh, a, a, some sort of laugh track to uh, appear on the back of my seat or something uh, to, to emphasize what we're supposed to be laughing at because uh, it's that kind of movie. Um, and like I said, I felt like it was insulting. Actually, I feel like it's the kind of film that's uh, likely to set the women's liberation movement back about 40 years or so because I felt like the takeaway from the movie seemed to me to be that a woman's life can't be validated unless she has a man in her life, which is a, kind of a sickening statement, if you ask me, uh, if, if that's what they're going for. Uh, of course, you know, you do have the Dakota Johnson uh, character, and she does, during the last 15 minutes, suddenly come to the re- realization that I don't have to have a man in my life to be a, a, a real fully-fledged human being. I can just be myself, and, and so there's this there's all these shots of her uh, learning to be single, and and one of them in particular is, is just laughable. She's sitting on the, the steps of her apartment building uh, reading the bell jar, Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar, which is supposed to make us uh, think, you know, oh, she's she's uh, suddenly become uh, intellectual. She's reading <laughs> The Bell Jar. And, uh, yeah, I just wasn't falling for any of it. I, I, and, and then to top it all off, you know, you've got Rebel Wilson in here, 
And, you know, of course, her, her shtick works sometimes. It worked okay in, you know, uh, the Pitch Perfect films, I guess, for the most part, or Bridesmaids or whatever. But you've got her here. I, I don't know. It just really grated on my nerves. And, and they show her at the end of the movie, uh, you know, eating a big stack of pancakes with copious amounts of syrup on it. And I'm sitting there worrying about her. I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm worried about your health. You're going <laughs> to... Are you going to get type two diabetes where <laughs> you're living, drinking like like a fish? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, just I don't know. I, it just didn't do anything for me, and um, so uh, that's that's my takeaway on it. I'd give it a D, I guess. Yeah, a D plus. yeah. It was uh, it was utterly forgettable. Um, it, it's yeah. it's a film that that in a few years I'll have to think back and go, okay, what was that film with uh, yeah. Dakota Johnson and, uh, and 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 Rebel Wilson? Oh yeah, Leslie Mann, wasn't she in that too? Oh yeah, yeah. Alison Al- Al- Brie. You know, I mean, it, it's it is a it is a forgettable film. Um, and uh, I, I, I you didn't laugh once. I laughed three times, um, and that was about it. Um, but you you know you you nailed it. Um, more it's very much a. Uh, kind of an HBO sitcom kind of kind of film and yeah. um it it didn't you know the redeeming value of it it, it took w- way too long to even get to anything that was worth redeeming and you know sure there's that uh th- that character development with uh with John with Dakota Johnson's character but you know you really didn't care <laughs> you, or I really didn't care by by the time it got to that point no I didn't care either yeah. I really didn't I mean you know I was so I was done with it by that time and I was just ready for the darn thing to be over. It seemed like a real long 100 minutes, if you ask me. Yeah. So, uh, uh, if this is the way, if, if this is how to be single, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, not sure. I'm well, not sure you. Uh, uh, well, you're probably well, better being alone. Yeah. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a D plus. I'm. I'm uh, right there with you. I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling your pain. Uh, and I, I did. I did have the pain sitting through that as well uh, with Zoolander two, and uh, I cannot give an official review. Um, all I will say is it is very rare that I will just not watch an entire film. Um, uh, matter yeah. of fact, back when I was in uh, in college, uh, there was a group of us. We'd go to films every week, and we would try to. We would actually go and ask for the worst film that was playing, and so we the, the we had to sit through and watch it. Everybody had to sit through and watch it, and if you didn't. You know, you had to pay for everybody's way into the next movie the next <laughs> week. So we we had a great. It was a bad movie club, is what we called ourselves. And um, you know, most of us we we all stuck it out because nobody wanted to shove out the money to pay for the next person. But it was it was fun anyway. Well, um, I would have lost um, last last week uh, after trying to watch Zoolander two. Uh, it was just uh, the forty five minutes I saw uh, horrible. Um, on, on so many different levels um, that I thought back and said, okay, you know, I, I, I thought maybe the first one, I thought I remembered the first one being a little more fun and a little more witty and a little more quirky, yeah, but I thought there was something about it. And uh, and then as I watched these 45 minutes, I'm like, you know, maybe there wasn't anything about it at all. <laughs> you know, maybe there was nothing that what, that that that, uh, that clicked at all uh, for me, even in that first one, because... Um, after sitting through 45 minutes of, of just uh, of utter nonsense that just just was just meaningless to me, I, I found myself um, you know wishing that I'd never heard the word Zoolander at all. Um, so I, I can't give it any kind of rating because I, I will not do that unless I completely sit through a whole movie. But uh, I, I will say that the, the 45 minutes I watched were 
uh, were a worthless waste of my time. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. That's the general consensus, and I, I you know, you're talking about a film that, um, you know, 15 years since yeah. they uh, they, uh, they made the original one, and I I didn't bother to see it after the bad word started getting out, but I I um I I can't. I can't. I've heard that that they're actually um, going with the position that this that the film was made a couple of years ago. They're not even acknowledging the fact <laughs> that it was uh, uh, fifteen years ago. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, it's um, where's David Bowie when we need him? You know, he uh, exactly. cameoed in the original. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and I, I, I will uh, recommend a, a film if you're looking for a family film. If you're out there and you have kids, uh, kids film Kung Fu Panda Three is fun. Um, it is, uh, you know, it carries on the same story. Really, uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of the story because it's, it's. You know, if you've seen the other two Kung Fu Pandas, you know that uh, he comes upon a villain that uh, it, it's really, there's no way he's going to be able to survive against that villain. But with the help of, of others, that teamwork mentality, he finds a way to, to find his, find his, uh, his chi, if you will. Uh, yeah. That that uh, that gets him past uh, the obstacles in his life. Uh, Kung Fu Panda Three, but it's still fun. Uh, it, it's it's fun for families, and uh, this time of year, it, it's good to to be able to have some of those things out there. So uh, you know, I'm giving it a, a B minus. Uh, not great, um, not not perfect, but still fun. Uh, great voice uh, acting. Uh, Angelina Jolie's back, uh, as well as Jack Black. You've also got Jackie Chan, Brian Cranston, offering voices. Dustin Hoffman. Um, and Lucy Liu, Seth Rogen. Uh, music is great. Uh, Hans Zimmer provides the music for Kung Fu Panda 3. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun family film, so uh, I'd, I'd recommend, it, uh, recommend it for that, if for nothing else. Uh, what else have you got uh, review-wise that you want to chime in on? I do want to, before we leave, I want to chime in and give a quick review of uh, Risen, which will be opening uh, this theaters, which is the, uh, the Christ... Uh, or the post-Christ story, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I saw um, Where to Invade Next, the right. latest yeah. one from uh, Michael Moore. That came out last weekend. Uh, it's it's a much better alternative uh, to uh, <laughs> to be entertained than um, than sitting through uh, Zoolander, from what I'm told. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's Michael Moore. Yeah. Uh, he is a very divisive documentary filmmaker, probably the most divisive documentary filmmaker of our times, and it's the first film he's done since uh, 2009, with uh, Capitalism, A Love Story being the last one. Uh, it's about on a par quality-wise with that, that with this last film. Uh, as is the case with most of his films, it's amusing and it's hopeful, but it's also maddening, uh, because of, you know, you, you, you see better alternatives in this film to some of the ways that we're doing things in the United States. Essentially, the, the, the premise of the film is that we've lost every war since World War II, so let's go overseas and visit different countries and see what they're doing that's uh, better than what we're doing. And uh, that's essentially the, uh, the premise of the, of the film. And uh, so he goes around to different places, and of course you know he's going to be cherry-picking what he shows in the film, right, right, uh, of right. course, as always, because he has his agenda. But having said that, there are some some really good ideas. Uh, they show they go to he goes to France to show uh, what their school lunch program is like, and it's unbelievable compared to what we have here. 
making ours look more atrocious than what it does without this knowledge. Uh, and uh, he, he also uh, goes to Italy, and, and they go into detail about how much uh, how much more respectful a lot of the employers are of their workers and the workers' rights in, in Italy. And, and then they... Uh, they also go to Normandy and, and show us the prison system there and how it differs from our prison systems. And this. So you get the idea. And in each segment, he says uh, he's going to take this idea back and give it to our leaders and see if we can do something with it. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, and it's funny. I mean, there's, he, he does it in his funny, unique style. So there's some, some laughs in there. It's not all serious, but uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, it's not as good as some of his previous uh, entries, but it's, it's it's good and it's certainly worth seeing. So uh, yeah. I, I would definitely and and the uh, the other one I saw was Son of Saul, which is up for an Oscar. Um, it's from um, Hungary. That's uh, their entry in the Oscar sweepstakes this year, and uh, it's been getting a lot of positive buzz, ninety five percent positive on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. It's uh, it, it has a, a very harrowing depiction of uh, the horrors of Nazi Germany. Uh, it narrows its focus to the point of view of the main character, and he, basically his name Saul, of course, the Saul of the title of the film, and his job is to clean up these uh, these um, the gas chambers where they gas right. the, uh, the the Jews during yep. World War II, and he sees the body of a boy uh, who doesn't die after he's been gassed, and uh, one of the Nazis comes in and and um, suffocates the boy, and he just becomes overcome with emotion, and he goes on a mission to bury the boy, to get make sure the boy gets proper burial, and that's the rest of the film, his his quest uh, of trying to get the boy buried. And, uh, yeah, it's depressing material, as you can tell from my description of it. But uh, I, I don't mind depressing. That's okay. I can deal with that. But the problem I have with this film was that you don't get to know any of the characters beyond the surface level. There's just, You don't know what happened to them before the war you don't know anything about you just you see what's going on in the immediate moment and that's it and uh, it's hard to relate to these characters it really is plus the ending is a little bit of a cop-out i i wasn't really satisfied with the ending all that much it's like i said uh it, it gets some credit for its depiction of these nazi uh horrors but uh, as far as connecting with the characters that's a that's a tough pill to swallow here and uh, i'm going to give son of saul a um, a b minus uh, it's like I said, not not terrible, but not the home run that I was expecting. So okay. there you go. Yep, good. And I've, I've seen uh, both of those as well. And um, yeah, the Michael Moore uh, film, uh, Where to Invade Next. He really is. He's not a. He's not a true. He's not a documentarian. He's really more of an op-ed documentarian. Um, it's true. You know, all of his pieces really do have kind of the opinion and editorial uh, bias in it. And you can decide which bias that is when you see it. But as long as you go in knowing that that there's bias in there. You know, you, you come out with what you've got. And I, I feel the same way with Son of Saul. It really was depressing. And um, um, the story itself, I thought, the, the concept of the story and, and, and realizing that these people did exist um, that were the, the basically the cleaners, um, that was, uh, you know, that was something I'd never really given a lot of thought to. So from that standpoint, it was, a, it was an informative, uh, informative uh, film to me. But beyond that, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, with you on that. I uh, do want to mention a film opening this weekend. Um, it is a biblical epic film um, starring um, a, a Joseph Fiennes uh, in this film. It's called Risen, and it uh, follows uh, follows really the birth of, of Christianity. Uh, it, it takes place, uh, it really starts with the crucifixion 
um, of Christ and follows uh, what happens between that, that crucifixion uh, and, and the time after. Uh, so it's the, you know, shows the birth of Christianity and uh, it does it in a really, uh, really compelling way. Um, it, it's, it's, you do have some theological teachings that pop up in this, but uh, in other ways, it's really, uh, really kind of a, um, a drama that you would, you would typically see uh, in theaters. Um, great production quality, some great acting in this. Um, it, it does take me back to um, remembering, you know, why I like kind of the Ben-Hur kind of stuff. So the, the production value is great. So if you're looking for uh, kind of a new take, a different take um, on, uh, on kind of the origins of faith and how faith can come out of unexpected ways, it's worth seeing. Uh, you, you, the main character we follow is a, a Roman military officer who was there um, at the death and, uh, and also there uh, when the, uh, the, the, the body disappears from the sealed tomb. And so it's really interesting to see it from a, from a different perspective uh, on film, uh, we've seen some. We've had songs that have come out from those perspectives, and maybe even some stories that have been written. But uh, to see it on film uh, with this kind of production value is is well worth checking out. So, I'd recommend this, especially for uh, Christian audiences and for those that are just interested in, uh, in you know, period pieces that take place during that time period. It's uh, costuming's great. Um, the set designs are wonderful. Uh, it's 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 done its job. Uh, PG-13 is a rating for this, uh, for, uh, for violence and some disturbing images. And uh, Cliff Curtis uh, also stars in this, but uh, Joseph Fiennes is the lead. Kevin Reynolds uh, directs this piece. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, an A-, minus, uh, worth, worth checking out. That movie is called Risen, and it is in theaters uh, this weekend in a wide release. Uh, also opening uh, this weekend, we've got Race. Uh, in wide release, uh, which is the uh, uh, Jesse Owens piece, um, and uh, William Hurt, uh, Jeremy Irons, and uh, Stefan James star in that film, and The Witch, uh, a horror film, also opens uh, in wide release this weekend. Any final thoughts or final comments you want to share before we say so long, Adam? Um, well, I, we can quickly mention that, uh, and I mentioned this before we started the show, to you, uh, that somebody has unearthed a 35-millimeter print of the original Star Wars before George Lucas did all of his tinkering on it, and that's actually been digitally scanned and uploaded. Uh, you can find it in some corners of the Internet. So for anybody who's curious to see uh, what the original Star Wars looked like, uh, and according to George Lucas, all those prints were destroyed. Obviously, this proves he's a liar. Or proves he did not know that they were out there. So Yeah, right. well, yeah, uh, that's true. You could, it, you could go that route, too, I yeah. guess. But well, I'm, I'm going anyway, to go the high road, Adam. I'll let you take no, the low road. Go. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> it's better to do that. All right. Well, uh, as always, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. And uh, you can find Adam at focusnewspaper.com. And uh, you can also find us both on Twitter. I am at Noel T. Manning, and you can uh, you can connect with me there. Adam, what's your Twitter uh, Twitter handle, man? Oh, there you go. You got me again. Is, is I don't it, have is it, uh, pulled up. Let me find it right quick. Adam at Film... At yeah, there film. we go. I got it right here. It's uh, uh, at uh, Adam, capital A, D-A-M, capital F. Film fan, 1970. So All there right. you go. There you go. And uh, check us out on Facebook and interact with us there as well. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. That is Adam Long, and this is Cinema Scene on Garden Web University Radio, WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.